university golf team and broke more barriers as an LPGA player. Between 1967 and 1980, Renee played in over 250 tournaments. In 1979, she became the first woman head professional in the United Kingdom at Silvermere near London. As an international golf ambassador, Renee made 25 trips throughout the continent of Africa to teach golf. In 1988, Renee returned home and began building inner city youth programs in Cleveland and toured historically black colleges and universities to attract new players. She became the first black female member of the PGA of America in 1996. Three years later, she was named an honorary member of the LPGA Teaching and Club Professional Division. Renee served as development and programming consultant to the first tee in 2000, and in 2000 began the LPGA Girls Golf Club at Clearview. In 2003, Renee received the PGA of America's First Lady of Golf Award. Well done. In 2007, she received the inaugural LPGA Rolex for the Love of the Game Award. In 2008, the University of St. Andrews bestowed Renee with an honorary doctorate of law. The University of Maryland Eastern Shore bestowed a doctor of public service in 2010. In 2015, Dr. Renee Powell became one of seven female members at the first and the first and only black female member of the Royal and Ancient Golf Club of St. Andrews. In 2018, Renee became the only golfer, the only woman, the only American and the only black person to have a residency building named after her at St. Andrews University in Scotland. Mm. Renee is a living example of inclusivity, just as Clearview Golf Club is a living museum dedicated to the inclusion of all people, regardless of gender or race. Clearview is the physical embodiment of the lives of one family devoted to inclusion and hope for humanity. I present to you the ASGCA 2020 Donald Ross Award recipient, Dr. Renee Powell. Thank you. Renee, for you, let me read this for you. Okay. Donald Ross Award presented to Renee Powell for serving as one of golf's leading global ambassadors throughout your long professional career, for being a leader in the sport, from playing as a touring professional in the U.S. and United Kingdom to being the first African-American woman to earn a Class A PGA of America membership, and for maintaining the focus on family at home at Clearview Golf Club, the base for your life's work of using golf as a tool to elevate people's lives through the Clearview Legacy Foundation. American Society of Golf Course Architects, August 2020. Congratulations. Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you. My pleasure. Uh, I feel like I'm almost 100 years old, as you were ready. I think I'm tired. <laughs> but um, thank you so very much. Um, you know, when uh, when I first got your the phone call from you, I was absolutely shocked uh, to hear why you were calling me. And I was then very humbled when I looked at the list of people that have been the recipients of this award, people like Gene Sarazen and Jack Nicholas and Byron Arnold Nelson. Palmer and Byron Nelson and uh, 
And then women like Dinah Shore and Judy Bell and Alice Dye and, and Dr. Michael Hertzen, who's a very dear friend of our families here. So this is very, very, very special. Uh, I knew uh, a little bit about Donald Ross, and I've learned so much more about Donald Ross um, after, after the phone call. And I um, also learned that I didn't realize that he had built and was designed over 400 golf courses yeah. in the United States. Came from Scotland, built and designed all the courses here, and actually two courses here in our area in Stark County, uh, uh, Brookside Country Club and Congress Lake Country Club. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing the fact that uh, all of this has, has happened. I guess when I think about it and, and have to think, so, so why are we all here, right? Why are we here? Why are we all here? We're here because of um, um, many years ago, back in 1926, a little boy at the age of, of nine decided to um, walk down the railroad tracks from, uh, from his home, and he and a little friend walked upon a big uh, open field and where uh, they were actually, he saw people that were walking hitting using these sticks they looked like they were trying to hit these balls and lose them and walk and not run to find them to hit them again to lose them and that little boy decided that he uh loved the game and and uh, wanted to decided that he would learn to caddy and he went home and told his his older brother about this discovery that he made and so he began in 1926 at the age of nine to caddy and, and to play golf just like so many of the golfers back in the days, like Sam Snead and, and uh, Byron Nelson and Ben Hogan and all started on his caddies as Lee Trevino did. That's true. So he then, um, the town he was from was just 10 miles down the road here called Minerva. He um, went back and as he got a little older, started the very first high school golf team they ever had at Minerva High School. He became the number one player of the team. He he uh, was a captain and the coach and scheduled all the matches. And then after high school, he wasn't welcome at the same area courses that he played as part of the team because he looked like me or I look like him. <laughs> <laughs> and so he then um, will fast forward to World War II. And this person actually happened to be my father. William Powell. Uh, he went away to World War II, and of all places to go if you love golf, Scotland and England are perfect places to be. But um, he was able to play golf over there, and on the days off that they that they had, and he would borrow clubs from from the members and use the members' courses to play, or or golf clubs from the Red Cross. And when he came back. He said that he thought that things would have changed after spending three years overseas. He came back, found out that things had not changed, and he still wasn't welcome to the same area of courses, which was not in the South. It was here in Ohio. And he felt that there was some way that he needed to find a way to play this game that he absolutely loved. And the only way that he found he could do it was to build a golf course. So how was he going to do this? He actually... Um, went to talk to some of his friends and actually their family was the only black family in the town of Minerva 
and his friends would say, well, Willie, you can go to this bank and get a bank loan. He went and no such thing existed. Uh, so they said, well, you can get a GI loan. And he went to the bank. There were no such things as back in those days for GI loans for black soldiers, only for white soldiers. So he couldn't do that, but he still was so persistent and did not want to give up. And he actually taught two black doctors to play golf. Oh, wow. And they each put in a third of the money. And my dad still didn't have his money, so he borrowed his money from his uh, older brother who mortgaged his house oh, to wow. give my dad his share of the money. And they found this plot of land that was an old dairy farm, an old rundown dairy farm. And my dad didn't look at the house. <laughs> my mom said he didn't look at the house. He looked at the land. <laughs> and he walked every piece of the land and architects designers are just like just like artists you know it's like i guess it's like painting a big picture and that's what he did was painted this big picture and there's a stream that runs all through the golf course and so he plotted where he was going to put the fairways where he was going to put the greens and and he said that um it was it was a as i said it was an old rundown dairy farm and he had to pull up fence posts. He was strong at that time, he was in his 20s. He put out fence posts and he said he thought he would be able to find a rock picker, but he ended up being the rock picker. Oh and he also, but, and I think all of the, all of the gentlemen with red plaid jackets can understand this and can appreciate this, but he didn't have equipment. He would borrow from the farmers, you know, tractor to plow up the land when they had planted, they had planted their, their crops. And then he literally, I'm going to give this to you for a second. He literally had a hand seeder around his neck that, you know, you, how you turn the hand seeder and it spreads the seed. And he literally walked back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, which is how he seeded the entire first nine holes wow. of this golf course, because he was so he was so determined to make a difference in society because he felt that everybody should have an opportunity to play the game that he loved. And so why are we here? <laughs> We're here because my entire family made many, many sacrifices so that I could learn to play the game of golf. My dad actually taught our entire family how to play. I had a older brother who actually passed away the same year that I went on the LPJ tour in 1967. Um, my, my dad taught my mom and my younger brother who started playing tournaments when he was eight, younger than I was when I started playing. And then, uh, and then myself, and I can remember coming home when I was on tour. I was coming, would come home and I would see my mom and dad planting these trees and like this beautiful oak tree that is so big. And I just marvel at it every day because my mom and dad planted these trees all, all over the golf course. And um, so, I mean, it was a, a labor of love and a labor of wanting to make sure that everybody was included in this incredible sport of golf. So it was, um, so as we continued on and, you know, and like I said, my dad was in Scotland, which is where Donald Ross came from. So as we sort of continued and, and moved on, so, uh, and I, we had the opportunity to play junior golf and, and all the major amateur tournaments like the U.S. Amateur, the Open, and played the LPG Tour for 13 years. And so only because of the sacrifices of my entire family, my brother being the superintendent here now,
He started working on the golf course when he was eight. He didn't have the same opportunities that I had to play a lot of golf, although he was a better golfer than me. But because I was a female, <laughs> I didn't have to work on the golf course as much. All I had to do was be able in school, get good grades and play golf. Why not? Play good golf. So, um, and then, you know, the opportunities that I've had, as, as you mentioned, Jan, to travel throughout the entire world to play golf to teach others, to educate others about the, the beauty of our game has been absolutely amazing. And in 2001, Clearview was placed on the National Register of Historic Places and the plaque behind me, which is the Ohio Historical Marker, was presented and placed here. Uh, it was actually one of our board members who's here today was on the, um, it actually helped to get the golf course placed on the National Register of Historic Places was because of his document, documentation and, and, and telling the story of Clearview, which is absolutely amazing. So in 2001, we also established the Clearview Legacy Foundation for Education, Preservation, and Turfgrass Research. And um, so we do so many different programs here. We have programs for um, for youth, and we have programs for our women military veterans. And you know, today we have one of our veterans is here today. Hollis Burks is here. One of the ladies who is in the Thursday morning ladies league that my mom started back in the fifties is here. Uh, Joyce Blau, and and um, you know, there are just so many programs like. My dad believed that women, and women weren't very welcome back in the days. Right, yes. So he believed women should play the game. He believed that juniors should play the game. And I remember back in when I was a teenager, they had the largest junior tournament in the state of Ohio when it was just a nine-hole golf course. Wow. Uh, the thing that that I actually uh, was was the happiest about was when I turned 17 and didn't have to play the tournament anymore because I always felt so much pressure because I knew I had to win. And I remember my last year, I shot 67. I beat the boys and beat the girls. I was so happy I didn't have to play again in that tournament. But uh, at the time, it was only a nine-hole golf course in 1978. Of course, Daddy was able to add a second nine holes, and my brother Larry actually helped my dad with the design and work of that golf course. But when we made some changes... Uh, we had uh, we put in um, another some other sets of tees. We were able to put in uh, a couple of ponds that were still waiting to get an irrigation system, which we need because when Daddy built the golf course, he had enough money just to build the golf course, and he worked day and night. He worked uh, worked a regular job, but also had to uh, come and you know and and worked in the golf course the other waking hours that he had but um so we did that we, we put in a couple of extra greens and actually through the through the help of of dr michael hertzen he was very instrumental in in being a part of uh everything and i remember when my dad got a letter from dr hertzen who didn't know my dad had never met him and he had said how much he admired him and the fact that anytime he could be of help to him and so when all of this started happening daddy called dr hertzen and he was he was here uh and we were able to get some things and you know explore and continue to build on what was here so now 
why are we here? <laughs> we're here because of the fact that, you know, we're still working to get some other things accomplished. And so I so feel that, you know, my, my parents, my family, my brothers had done so much. Uh, and they were in the trenches when I was out sort of playing golf around the world, right? And so I feel a very strong sense of responsibility and obligation to continue to do the things that my dad would have had done and wanted to get done, uh, but wasn't able to do. Certainly as a, uh, if he walked the course and hand-seated it, you know how much he really was so persistent and dedicated to it. So had he been able to put in an irrigation system, there would be no golf course that would be any better than this course. So I'm hoping that many people decide to come along with Clearview, come along with us, and and uh, we're always uh, looking to get donations, and we do fundraisers to help to uh, to grow things and certainly get to get an automatic irrigation system in and also a building educational center just a small building where where all the things that we have received as a family and you know will be able to be presented there in the William and Marcella Powell archival area a Lawrence Powell agronomy room and certainly as I love to teach the Renee Powell golf learning uh, center so those are some of the things that we're working on currently and um, hopefully, as people see what is being done here, what somebody had done 40, back in 1946, and nearly 75 years ago. So my goal is by the end of 2021, that that irrigation system will be in, that that building will be up, that we'll have this endowment, that long after we're all gone, 75 plus more years, we'll all be able to, all of us, We'll be able to look down and yes. see this beautiful golf course that's still here. Uh, although I am receiving this and you are presenting this to me, Jan, this award being presented to me is also uh, a part of, of what my entire family has done. So I accept this award in honor on, on behalf of my entire family that has done so much to, to grow the game of golf, to... Um, uh, diversify it to be inclusive and all for the love of the game that we have so I thank you all very very much and I, I want to also thank the selection committee that decided to present me with this incredible honor uh, it's something that I never thought that I would ever have but uh, I so appreciate it and so appreciate it for my family too thank you Renee thank you so my friend my inspiration thank you Thank you. Dr. Renee Powell from Ohio. And I do remember growing up in Ohio and hearing about her and watching her play on TV, play golf on television. But I don't really, right now, I don't really know all about her background, see what we can find, what we can find online about Dr. Renee Powell. This is a 
this is quite a surprise for her, I guess. She didn't seem to, <laughs> she didn't seem to expect it or know much about that award. But she's very grateful, you could tell. Dr. Renee Powell Golf Legend. Yeah, like I say, Ohio is an, a different place. It's a special place. It's nothing fancy schmancy about it, but the people, just the people are unforgettable, simply unforgettable. All right. When you query Dr. Renee Powell Golf Legend comes up to womansgolf.com. Dr. Renee Powell. There's more light in here. America's Golf Royalty Champion. And Renee Powell's golfing accomplishments link her with five other legendary Americans Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas. We have to tap on this link to get the rest of it. America's Golf Royalty Champion for Diversity. Picture yourself. Well, this is by womansgolf.com. Tamara S T U C H L A K Stuchlack. Picture yourself on the first tee of the Clearview Golf Club in East Canton, Ohio, having a bucket list experience. You pause to pinch yourself with glee and gratitude because you have landed on the hallowed ground of the Powell family golf legacy of golf for everyone. Soon you'll be receiving golf instruction from Renee Powell, Powell a golf professional and educator. LPGA Tour Professional, Golf Digest Top 50 Best Women Teachers, and the PGA of America's First Lady of Golf. Can it be that Dr. Renee Powell, Golf Royalty, is really going to watch and tell me what to do to be better. As I take a few practice swings, it starts to sink in. Dr. Renee Powell 
is the Pride of America, a golf legend and an honorary female member of the of the Royal and Ancient RNA Golf Club of St. Andrew, Scotland, along with Louise Suggs, co-founder of the LPGA 1923 to 2015. She is one of just two American women with this international distinction and Renee Powell's golfing accomplishments link her with five other legendary Americans Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas, Lee Trevino, Tom Watson, and George H.W. Bush who are also R&A honorary members. Dr. Renee Powell was the second African-American after tennis legend Althea Gibson to play on the LPGA Tour competing in more than 250 events after joining in 1967. That's pretty amazing so far, but there's so much more. Oh my. So much more. Since leaving the LPGA Tour in 1980, she has devoted her life to introducing life skills and growing the game among underprivileged children, members of the military, and golfers from the United States to Great Britain to Africa. But there's more. So much more. So hot in this desert, people. Oh, my goodness. So hot here. In February 2015, February 2015, Renee Powell became one of seven female members and the first and only African-American female member of the Royal and Ancient Golf Club in St. Andrews, Scotland. Renee Powell joined several other notable women who accepted honorary membership in the Royal and Ancient Golf Club, including Her Royal Highness the Princess Royal Dame Laura Davies, Belle Robertson, MBE, Lolly Seagard, Anika Sorenstam, and Louise Suggs. And there is more to get closer to the air. Ooh. I guess we're going to have an eternal summer here in the 
Southern California desert. And it doesn't seem to want to cool off at all. But that's why we're here for the good weather. Okay, quote, this is a historic day for the golf, for the club. This is a historic day for the club. And we could not be more proud to welcome women who have distinguished themselves in golf over many years and have been great players and champions. They are extremely worthy additions to our role of honorary members and will become ambassadors for the club as they have been for the sport of golf throughout their careers, In quote. George McGregor, O.B.E., captain of the Royal and Ancient Golf Club of St. Andrews, Scotland. In 2003, Renee Powell received the PGA, America's First Lady of Golf Award. In 2007, she received the inaugural Rolex for the Love of the Game Award. Hmm. In 2008, the University of St. Andrews, Scotland, bestowed Renee with an honorary Doctor of Laws, LLD, and honored with a Doctor of Public Service, University of Maryland, Eastern Shore, in 2010. Well done. Well done, Dr. Renee Powell. Thank you for listening.